0: Life, if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Look at what Josiah is doing here. He is being as ruthless as it takes to defile these places of sin and get them out of there. He's as ruthless with sin as it has to be. He's digging up dead bodies and throwing the bones on these places of worship. 2 Kings 23 and 15. Moreover, the altar that was at Bethel and the high place which Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, had made, both that altar and the high place he broke down, and he burned the high place and crushed it to powder and burned the wooden image. As Josiah turned, he saw the tombs that were there on the mountain, and he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar and defiled it according to the word of the Lord. Listen to this, guys. He defiled it according to the word of the Lord, which the man of God proclaimed, who proclaimed these words. Okay, whoa, whoa, Ray, what just happened here? (laughs) Check this out. This this is absolutely amazing. Okay. Josiah, he is going around just chewing up and spitting out all the bad stuff that shook its fist at God, all the false god places. Josiah was digging up people's bones out of graves and he was burning them on altars of false gods so that he could defile them and do as much damage and defilement as he possibly could. And he's not seemingly yet aware that everything he was doing his zeal to God was so great. we got to get this stuff out of here. He didn't yet realize that everything he was doing had been prophesied by somebody in the past that he was going to come and do it. <laughs> well, this is amazing. I want to read it to you where this came from. Who, who said this and what's up? Because we just read that everything he was doing, it was according to the man of God who proclaimed these words. Fill me in, Ray. I'm, I, I want to know. Here we come. Okay, I'm going to take you back in time to 1 Kings 13, verse 2. It says, Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar! Thus says the Lord, Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. Okay. Here's this man of God. He lived maybe, I guess, about 150 years before Josiah's time, and he predicted that this guy would come, and he predicted him by his name, too. He said a guy named Josiah is coming. He said this 150 years ago. This guy named Josiah is coming, and he would eventually come and do all of this pulverizing. He would destroy all this stuff, he would burn these guys' bones on your altars and defile and destroy you, and he named this guy specifically 150 years before Josiah ever walked the earth. Is this not amazing? Josiah is out there doing it. He's defiling. He's destroying. He's knocking them down. He's digging up bones and throwing them on these altars to burn them there to defile that altar. And Suddenly, he's gonna, he, he, he's about to find out that there was somebody that said he was going to do this before he was ever around. Look at this, guys. We're back in our story again now, Second Kings 23 and 17. Then he said, what gravestone is this that I see? So the men of the city told him, it is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and proclaimed these things which you have done against the altar of Bethel. Okay, there had to be something significant about this grave. Maybe it the way it was set, maybe it had a special prophet's mark on it that made it look different. But whatever it was, it was unique, and it caught Josiah's eye. And suddenly he's like, well, wait, what, what grave is this? Can you imagine suddenly finding out that you, if you were Josiah, to find out that you had been prophesied to be doing everything that you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> what a shock! I mean you're doing it, and the day that you're doing it, you find a grave that was spoken by a man you would be doing it one hundred and fifty years before you ever came to do it. What a shock! you know, friends, I just love doing Bible studies where it takes a long time to finally come out on the other end of a prophecy just like this, and then bam, now you get to talk about the other side of it because I was in first Kings twelve. Probably about one year ago, I went back and looked. It was about 54 Sundays ago, 54 weeks, over a year. And now here I am uh, in Second Kings 23. A year ago, I was in First Kings talking about when those guys prophesied it. Now I'm on the other side of it, the other side of what that man of God said that Josiah would one day come and do. Friends, what this means to us is that when God says he's going to do something, He does it, even if it takes a long time to get around to it. Even when everybody else has forgotten what the Lord God has said, God still keeps his word. He will establish by his power, by his strength. Amen. That is so good. If the Bible doesn't excite you, you are not reading it. 2 Kings 23, verse 18, and he said, let him alone. Let no one move his bones. So they let his bones alone with the bones of the prophet who came from Samaria. Okay, wait a minute. They let his bones alone with somebody else. Okay, what? There's two guys in this grave or something? What? What? Did I miss something? No, you didn't miss anything. You heard it right. The bones of a prophet was with another man's bones in the, in the same grave. Okay, what is going on? Okay, first off, out of respect... This prophet's bones were left at rest, along with the bones of another prophet. Okay, he was left at rest. So here's another testament. First, you had a testament. He's digging up bones and throwing them to defile. These were common people that had said, oh, sin is okay. It's all right. Okay, this is a testament against them, even beyond the grave to them. It's a testament that what they had done was wrong, digging them up, using their bones for defilement. But this was a prophet here. Now this grave is a prophet and his bones were left alone that means he was left at rest that means friends you follow the lord god and if you worship the lord god his way he will leave you at rest you will have peace in him that's amazing look at that picture here so who was this other prophet though who's this other guy's bones in the same grave what what is this again let me take you back to first kings 12 i want to tell you remind you about the story when all this baal false god worship was just starting up God sent a prophet to warn Israel not to do this. And God, if you remember, he told this prophet, don't stay, don't eat anything while you're there in the land, don't go out of the land the same way you came in. When you go in there, you do a warning and you get out. Don't hang around. You need to get in, warn, and leave, okay? And so the Lord sent a second prophet, okay? You got your first prophet, went in to do the warning, But the Lord sent a second prophet in to put this first prophet to the test to see if he would do what God told him to do. So you got the second prophet. He comes up to the first one. The first prophet already warned Israel, don't do this Baal worship. You need to stop this. This is wrong. So the second prophet went up to him. He said, hey, why don't you come over to my house and eat something? But the first prophet said, I can't. God told me not to. I can't do that. But the second prophet pushed on him. And so he finally gave in and he disobeyed the Lord's instructions. And so what happened was the Lord sent a lion to kill the first prophet because he didn't do what he told him to do. Now, I know this sounds absurd, but what's going on? I mean, you can read this for yourself in 1 Kings 13. But why did God do this? Why did God kill his own prophet? First off, God knew that all eyes were going to be on this first prophet, the whole nation was operating in disobedience to God. They were serving Baal, false gods. All this stuff was just terrible, okay? And if they saw that God's own prophet would disobey, then it would only make things worse. Why would his warning hold up? Hey, these false gods, it's not good. You need to stop that. You need to get right back with the Lord. Why should they listen to that message if God's own prophet won't even obey God, okay? So what the Lord did, he sent a second measure, a second level of of test here. He sent a second prophet to test him. Okay, so either the first prophet is going to give the warning to Israel and obey and get out like God told him to, and that would make the message would be nice and clear to the Israelites. But if he disobeyed, then God would have to judge that first prophet so that the warning message would be extra clear. The people would see, hey, God's own prophet disobeyed, and he 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 judged his own prophet. What do you think he's going to do to us if we don't stop it, worshiping Baal? We need to cut it out. So you can see that God put multiple layers of warning into his message so that Israel would hear it. And so when the first prophet disobeyed, and he he didn't do what God said, he was killed for his disobedience. This is when the second prophet stepped in, and he said this in 1 Kings thirteen thirty one. So it was after he had buried him that he spoke to his sons, saying, When I am dead, bury me in the tomb where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. Okay, so the prophet, the second prophet had enough respect for the first prophet, even though he disobeyed the Lord God. He still knew that he was called of God, even the best of us, even pastors like myself mess up, okay? Now, the second prophet was sent to test him. That was part of the job he was given to do, but he still had respect for the man. He says, I want you to bury me in the same grave with him. Okay, so now here we are 150 years later, and these two prophets, their grave was now found by Josiah. They were buried together. They had both worked together to warn Israel not to get into this false God-worship stuff, but Israel did anyway. And now here's Josiah. 150 years later, he's tearing it all down just as these prophets said he would. I mean, this is just an absolutely incredible story. It's quite a full circle to see God's warning come all the way back around to these two prophets here. Now, discovering their grave here for Josiah, it was somewhat of a confirmation. It was a validation of Josiah's work that what he was doing was right. So you just know there was a lot of people back in Josiah's day. They probably would have disagreed with Josiah, and they probably, probably would have said, hey, who gives you the right to knock our altars down? That's where we go to church, or that's where we go to worship. Who said you get to knock our altars down? And Josiah could say, God said. It was prophesied to happen, and so I'm doing it. 2 Kings 23 and 19. Now Josiah also took away all the shrines of the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made to provoke the Lord to anger. And he did to them according to all the deeds he had done in Bethel. He executed all the priests of the high places who were there on the altars and burned men's bones on them, and he returned to Jerusalem. Okay, that's exactly the message of the prophet from 1 Kings 13. Let me read it again just so we get it. Saying, he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. And that's exactly what Josiah did. So the 150-year-old prophecy, it became true on the exact same day that Josiah found the graves of the men who prophesied it. (laughs) That is absolutely amazing. So the main theme in this chapter here is that the king of Judah, the king did a great work to put the people back into right standing with God again. In their sin, they had become aliens to God. But the king worked to restore them back. Friend, I'm going to say that to you one more time. Listen to this. They had become aliens to God because of their sin, but the king, the king, worked to restore them back and purify their worship. Friends, we also, you and I today, we have been alienated enemies of Father God because of our sin. And our king, King Jesus, he came to do a great work to put us back into right standing with the Lord God again. Colossians 1 verse 21 says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Friends, our King came to do the work to purify our relationship and restore us back to the Father God. Now, I love how we read in verse 3, It says that all the people took a stand for the covenant. And friends, we too can take a stand for the new covenant that King Jesus made for us. How do we take a stand for the new covenant? We do it by agreeing with Romans 10 verse 9. says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, everybody loves that. That's the good news, but that's the easy part going to believe in Jesus, okay, I declare him Lord, he's Lord of my life. That's the easy part, that taking a stand thing. But the hard part of this is walking away from your old life of sin. Remember how Josiah had realized how sinful Israel had been in the previous chapter, and it produced a great sorrow in Josiah with an overwhelming desire for him to say, I can't take any more of this. I can't do this anymore. I have to destroy everything. That was godly sorrow that he had. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10 says, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. You see, friends, Josiah's sorrow was so severe that not only did he tear his clothes, but his sorrow also drove him to tear down and defile every place of false worship so that no one could ever go back to it ever again. Friends, King Jesus came and he died a final sacrifice for us. And in that sacrifice, he destroyed and took down and buried and did away with all the sin that we have committed that would provoke God's wrath. He did away with it. He got rid of it. He tore it all down. Everything that stood in the way of you and God, everything that blocked your relationship from being good with God, Jesus came and tore it down and destroyed and did away with it. He pulverized it. Just like Josiah destroyed every false place of worship so that no one could ever, ever go back to it again. Ezekiel 18, verse 21 says But if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, keeps all my statutes, and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Friends, sin kills, sin produces death. But repentance, when you put it together with obedience, friends, that is life. And now you know why Josiah got as ruthless as it took to destroy and defile these places. He got as barbaric and as extreme as he had to get with sin to get rid of it so that nobody could ever have a way to, to get corrupted by it again, so that no one could go back to it again. Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 9, similar thing. He said, And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Now that's pretty extreme stuff. But Jesus was saying we need to get as ruthless with sin as it takes to get it gone. Gouge it out and destroy it, and not just get it out of there, but throw it away. That means get as much distance between you and that sin as you can to get it gone. Pulverize it so that it can never corrupt you again. You need to get not just away from it. Don't just set it down and walk away. Don't just leave that bottle on the cabinet. You need to take that bottle outside and break it, shatter it, destroy it, sweep it up, throw it in the garbage, have it shipped away, get it gone. Some of y'all wonder why your life stinks, why there's a smell aroma to it, why it smells so bad, because you're sweeping trash under the rug. You need to take it in a garbage bag and take it out of the house and burn it so that you can never come back to it again. You need to get it gone. You know, there's there's too many people that are just saying, oh, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. And keeping it just at that. But they're not repenting. They're not destroying. and defiling their former places of worship. Jesus came to do that for us, but you're not letting Jesus have that part. You're saying, Jesus, I just want you to save me, but I want to stay in my old places of worship. I want to stay in my old place of worshiping drugs, uh, sexual relationships. I want to stay in my worship places of um, addictions, uh, money, worship of money, whatever it is. You're staying there. You're you're not leaving it. Those places need to be pulverized by the King, friends. You've got to let the Lord Jesus pulverize your old life. You can't go back to it again. It's got to be gone. You got to let Jesus defile and destroy these former places of worship. You can't keep it around, friend. Get rid of it all. Get all of it gone. Turn it over to Lord to the Lord Jesus and let Him take it away. You leave it, and then. You can walk in repentance with Jesus Christ. And so now I love it how we got to the end, the far end of a prophecy that had been spoken long, long ago, but long before it came true. And friends, I want to show you another prophecy that was once spoken. And if you will repent and follow Jesus, you're going to get to see the other side of its fulfillment. I was in 1 Kings 12 about over a year ago, and we just now got to the other end of seeing that Fulfilled prophecy of finding the graves of those two prophets that said Josiah would be doing this. We got to the other side of this prophecy. How amazing. But here comes another one that you get to be part of. Jeremiah 23, verse 5 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness, a king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. Friends, this was spoken. Thousands of years ago. And I'm telling you, it's going to be fulfilled because Jesus is going to come back again. Jesus is going to come back again. He's going to be that branch of righteousness. He's going to reign and prosper in all the earth. And you're going to get to see it. But it was said a long time ago by men who have long been in the grave. But friends, we get to see the other side of it when it gets here. Jesus is coming back. King Jesus is coming back. Now, I don't have any pillars to stand next to that means he will establish her by God's strength. But I do have the word of the Lord God. And I want you to rest assured that the Lord will establish his covenant by his strength. And you're going to get to see the other side of that prophecy when Jesus comes back, when that is fulfilled. If you will pulverize your old life and and walk away, let the Lord destroy and take it away from you, kill you, essentially. You got to die on the cross with him. Crucified with Christ means you die with him. Okay, you can't do what you used to do anymore. You got to be new and walk in newness of life with Jesus. I always say, if you hate your life, give it to Jesus. He'll give you a new one. Friends, we, the church, we need to restore true worship back to the Lord, just like Josiah did to restore true worship. We need to worship the Lord God the way he wants it. Do you want that? Follow me in prayer. Father God, forgive me, I have sinned, I have violated your law, and I know that sin produces death, and I should be eternally condemned for it. But thank you that you died on the cross for me, and you took the penalty for my sin in my place, so that upon belief in you, I declare you as my Lord, and I believe you are raised again, that I will be saved. For all who call upon the Lord shall be saved, and Lord, you established that covenant by your ability, by your strength. By your establishment, you've made that covenant true for me. I accept it. Thank you for that gift. My old life is gone. Pulverize it. Destroy it that I can never go back to it again because I don't want it anymore. My sin has produced sorrow in me, and I'm sorry, God. Forgive me. I walk with you now in newness of life. Thank you for saving me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, God's word says you're saved. Isn't that good news? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are not worthless, you are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry. for Life. You'll be set for life. you have all you need. Just receive with a willing heart. You'll be set.